Completely different. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with you know the folks who I have surrounding me here. I'm not a morning person, and now I've got you know six to fifteen people around me in the morning that are great. And then when if I were to show up here at any point in the day, I have great people around me, and it just keeps me it keeps me energized and jazzed. I'm ready to go. Um, my outlook is completely different in that um, I'm, I don't necessarily just want to go home, sit on the couch and watch TV. I know that I have to do different things now. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. Today I have Nate Kidwell on the podcast. Nate shares his fitness journey and he recently signed up for the six week challenge. So he's just a couple weeks in, but you're going to love hearing his story. Enjoy. My name is Nate Kidwell. I'm 44 years old, married, been married for 21 years, been with my wife for 22 years now. I have two kids, a 16 and a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old boy and a 13-year-old girl. I am a retired Air Force Technical Sergeant in E6. I now am a Disaster Program Manager for the American Red Cross for the Brazos Valley. Uh, in essence, I run the Red Cross for the Brazos Valley. So, you, how long have you lived in, in College Station? Since 13 March of 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for your service. How long did you serve in the Air Force? Just shy of 16 years. I got medically retired uh, right, out, right after my last deployment. Wow. And uh, now you work. Tell me a little bit more about what you do for... Uh, the Red Cross. So essentially what I am kind of is a volunteer manager. We have about 40 volunteers here locally within our seven county region. And I'm their manager is what I do. I train them. I get them qualified to do different parts of the Red Cross mission. I'm specifically trained based off some things I did in the military and then afterwards so I'd end up deploying to other parts of the country and other parts of Texas a lot because of some unique identifiers that I have. But I take care of all things disaster, shelter-related, uh, feeding, what we call mass care. That's, that's what I do here. Man, that's how, what led you to do that? Like, where did that come from? Did you just always love the Red Cross, or was that something that happened in your life that kind of made you want to get involved? I knew nothing about the Red Cross before I started, honestly. I mean, I got a Red Cross message one of the times that I was deployed. I didn't come home for it, but I did get a message. Uh, now, what happened was I was, I was an instructor with, a, with another agency here in town. I'll not, not talk about that, but uh, it, it wasn't a bad opportunity. It wasn't a bad job. It just was time to move on. Um, I felt kind of like I was in a rut there. And I, I prayed a lot. Kept, I kept asking God, what's next? Because this just doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, I kept getting told, you know, or kept feeling that um, my hands and feet were not getting dirty. You know, I, I was doing great things all over the country, teaching first responders and and all those kinds of things, but I wasn't doing anything here locally in the Brazos Valley, which is going to be home for us forever. 
but I needed to do something to get my hands and feet dirty here, helping my neighbors, uh, helping the Brazos Valley, the greatest, the birthplace of Texas, the greatest part of uh, the nation of Texas. I'm kind of that's awesome, yeah. man. What uh, What do you love about your job? My volunteers. Uh, I love setting them up for success. That for me, that's the key. Is I need to set them up. I have to give them the time, the resources, and the training to do the job. I need to set them up for success, and then put them in those opportunities so that they can do our client service delivery. You know, I sure I can go to a house fire at two thirty in the morning, and I can get all the all that fulfillment from helping out someone. But um, I try to I try to set up my volunteers the best I can so that. Since I get paid to do it and they're volunteering to do it, I want to make sure I'm affording them that opportunity to get out there and get that fulfillment because I I get paid. You know, they're yeah. volunteering to help their neighbors. Man, that's great. So um, tell me a little bit about how you're, you ended up here at the gym because I know that, you know, you're, you're fairly new to the gym. Um, you started here. Two About weeks two ago, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just brand new. Yeah, um, but give me not so much even that day, but give me like the previous year, right? Give me kind of a little bit of backstory, like what has led you to this point in your journey. Well, I can go back way, way further than that. Yeah, uh, go back. But, yeah. Uh, so I was a I was a fitness nut in high school. I was a five sport athlete. Uh, when I joined the military, I was. For the first 12 years of my career, I maintained probably 5% body fat, ran six and a half minute miles consistently, uh, ran half marathons, didn't even bat an eye. Um, you know, I would, it wasn't uncommon to find me in a, on a basketball court in a weight room out running somewhere. I was actually on the Air Force cycling team for a while. Uh, I love doing that kind of stuff. And then when I came back from my last deployment, uh, things hurt a lot. And I really came back struggling with motivation to do anything. For the first couple months I came back, I didn't even want to leave the house. Um, but then, you know, fast forward to years and years of no motivation to do anything because I didn't really want to leave the house. Um, I have my own PTSD issues. Um, the last year specifically, I could see how my overall fitness was affecting everything. You know, it, it, I had body image issues. And those body image issues for me were transcending into every facet of my life. I, I didn't feel like I was being a great example for my kids. I'm charged to do that by the Bible. You know, I'm supposed to be that example at home. I didn't feel like I was being a good, responsible husband because my wife did not marry a 285-pound, you know, extremely obese guy. wasn't fair to do to her. Um, I wasn't doing anything. I would come home and I'd sit on the couch. I'm a type 1 diabetic now. My pancreas quit. I just had, I had a list of reasons why I should have. I was, you know, despite 
some things that you know, I was a youth pastor for a while. And despite all of those things, I allowed my I allowed my that body image, those body image issues to creep into everything. I started drinking too much. Um, I'm now in recovery. Um, I started that before this, but the whole six weeks of the of the challenge is this is just you know for me it's just building on that. So, and I think there's a lot of people that can relate to you. You know, I think they're if anything, majority of the population they are in that season. You know, where you were when you, you're starting to feel like, man, like it's a downward spiral. You're saying like, you're living this life. Obviously you're married, you got kids, like you're working, you're, you're serving, but at the same time you're dying inside. That's exactly what was happening. And I think there's a ton of people that can relate. So I want to kind of talk about this because what you made a decision to do, it goes completely against, well, (laughs) we'll say science and sense right like most people don't get out of that right they they just stay in it now there are people that do right but they have to change there's something that has to click you know you chose to come here um whether it was the you know the facebook ad you saw or that moment in time that met you perfectly in in the mindset but even when you came in, I could tell there was a sense of you that wasn't 100% certain that this is something you wanted to do. So tell me about the mindset behind this whole process for you. Going from pretty much where you were and now, you know, fast forward two weeks. I mean, I you look like a completely different person today than the first person I met with. I feel like a different person already. So give me a little bit of like the... The thought patterns be behind coming in for the first time. I, we, you and I were interacting via text message for a little while. Then we mm-hmm. sat down and had a conversation. So, give me your your kind of your perspective on that. So you know, it was, I it was kind of ironic that I saw the Facebook ad. That's what that's what caught my attention. And the irony, and this is something we talked about in that first face to face meeting, was um, I had it laid on my heart that I was that I needed to make a change and it wasn't by my endocrinologist it wasn't by my primary care doctor they were sure they were sure saying hey something's got to change dude um but it was being laid on my heart that I needed to do something different um and then that first day watching the video I thought you know what I think I think I'll go ahead and submit my name So I was a little confused. I thought if I got accepted into the program, it was going to be free. But then after I sat with you, I realized, you know what? It doesn't matter because there was that connection. And I knew that just based off that conversation with you uh, that day, that this is where where God had drawn me to be. Um, So I, I felt... I felt like I was put here and you in that ad, you know, two days after I absolutely gorged myself with food on Thanksgiving Day, uh, that ad hit at just about the perfect time. Now, a lot of times when people are in that, they probably have a lot of people telling them, hey, you should work out or, you know, depending on 
your marriage or some people's marriages, like the spouse might be telling, you know, you need to do something or you're not concerned about your health or you have friends or work coworkers, you know, when you're in that place that you're in, like, how does that come at you? Like, do you feel like, do you just, do you acknowledge it, but it's like, leave me alone? Or is it like, I know. And what it was is kind it? of a combination of both of those. It was more of a, yes, I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that I'm overweight. The problem is that I really like to eat. Uh, the problem is that I really, really enjoy sitting on my couch watching TV. The problem is that I had, I had no motivation. And, you know, one of the things that you said in not our first meeting, but our first team meeting, was that the likelihood of, of us being able to do this on our own, in our own home gym, which, you know, the irony is that I'm, I'm paying to come here and every single piece of equipment that you have here, I have in my garage. And I'm probably just going to sell it all and just stay coming here because I'm not going to do it on my own. I proved that for the last 11 years. You know, it, it's, it's a pipe dream for me to think, you know I, I'm not feeling the motivation. Let me walk out in the garage and I'm just going to hammer out some really hard sets. And then I'm going to push myself to the point of nearly vomiting, uh, which I almost did the last two mornings, by the way. <laughs> Yesterday's wide. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Um, but so getting getting to that first orientation you mentioned, that first kickoff meeting with the other members of the challenge and you're sitting there, you know, you've already committed, you're signed up, right? Which there was about a almost two week, maybe 10 day period between signing up and kickoff. Mm -hmm. And you're getting all the information, you know, you, the coaches introduced themselves. What is going through your mind? Like, is there, is there fear? Is there like, I, I don't know if this works. Are you, I'm all in, like, this is going to be it. What is going through your head? Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start with that. There were so many things. Um, I think the thing for me was I, I was very I was very apprehensive, but I was also really excited. I was apprehensive because I've tried CrossFit before. I tried it at a couple of different gyms before we moved down back home to Texas. And those CrossFit gyms, the coaches were awful. The people were a completely different mindset than what we have here. Um, and they were, if y'all could see me doing air quotes, they were those CrossFitters. So expand on that a little bit more so people who maybe have not ever interacted with CrossFit at all. Like, what do you mean by the, the coaches and the difference in the coaching and the difference in the people? So at those gyms, the coaches never coached ever I had horrible form I know that now you know via you Gus and and Scott um, but they never coached they never all they did was write up the wad and then or the workout of the day and then they would spend the next hour you know yelling at you and, and screaming and cussing at you trying 
motivation that way. I'm like, hey, man, I graduated basic training already. I don't, and I was a basic training instructor. I'm not sure that you understand you're turning me off. Uh, and when I say those CrossFitters, I'm talking about the unbelievably arrogant ones that think that it's their responsibility and duty to inform every single person that they walk by. I'm a CrossFitter and you know look at how incredible i am and then they just go on and on and on talking about their personal records or prs and and all that and it i was just like come on man i don't care i congratulations you benched 300 pounds i was way over that at one point but i'm not going to talk about that i'm going to talk about the fact that i'm in terrible shape now and i'm here to change it and they didn't care and what do you find here with the people? It's the exact opposite. Um, after my first workout, I went back to my office. Actually, I went home and made sure that I wasn't dying. Um, <laughs> and then I then I ate the meal that I was supposed to. I took a shower. I went to work. And if you remember that, was, I sent you an email that day saying about that, Scott about Scott saying he was. The single best coach probably in fitness that I've ever had because he was unbelievably patient. He was a great coach. Um, he was really personable. Um, but I've, I've seen that from all the other coaches already. Uh, the people were completely different. Um, instead of, instead of, those CrossFitters, even even though I go to the 6 a.m. class, even though we've got a couple in there that that have that physique and probably could easily have that mindset, they don't. They're not the ones that are that are braggadocio about it. You know, they're instead everyone's doing high fives and they're encouraging each other, and nobody's yelling at each other. Nobody's cussing and screaming and. And it's not, it's, it's the kind of environment that I thrive in because it's the kind of environment that I try to have um, where I work. That's awesome, man. And I love hearing that. I shared it with Scott and it's, um, it's, it's incredibly encouraging because that's the environment that we want to create for everyone. And so hearing you say that just affirms that, um, that, that not only because the, the gym goes way beyond even the coaching in, in us as a leadership team, it's, it's the membership that makes it as special as it is, you know? You're right. And so that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, I do want to ask a little bit about your experience so far in the six week challenge, because it's, uh, we, we take the, that program very serious. We put a lot of time and effort into helping people, uh, kind of really kickstart in the, on the right step. Um, or get back on the wagon, if you want to call it that. So, mm -hmm. what? How's you know? You're a couple weeks in. How, you know, what can you set, share about the six week challenge? Things that you like about it? Um, everything. <laughs> uh, and I say I say that, and I'm not. I can I can be honest when I say everything. Well, okay, no, I did tell a lie. I don't dig the soreness. <laughs> so that part that part's not a lot of fun. But at the same time, I also st understand that that's growth. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also understand for me, it kind of is penance <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> for 11 years of letting it go to, to, to crap. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, 
I guess I earned it. But there, yeah, so far, I think the hardest thing, honestly, um, has been getting all the food down. Because I was eating so much, and when I started eating all this healthy stuff, um, stuff I'd never even heard of, like broccoli rob, that's what I had for <laughs> dinner last night. That was, I was walking through the, I was walking through Kroger, and the produce guy was there. I said, "Hey, what's this broccoli rabe?" <laughs> I said, "That's not at all how you pronounce it." And he helped me, and it was. And he had a good time, and I had a good time, and then I looked over at my wife, and she just kind of shook her head, because she actually knew the answer, too. She knew it was broccoli rob, I didn't. Yeah, so how is, I mean, this has been a 180 from, comparatively to how you've been eating, so has that been a hard transition? Has it been easy? You said you're eating a lot more than you were, but calorically, oh. you're probably eating a lot less, but what is that, what has it been like? Has it been a, a hard switch? So a week before I started coming here, I spent eighteen and a half dollars at Taco Bell on just me. <laughs> That's not. I'm not. I can show you the receipt. I my. I came home and was like, yes. <laughs> Watch this. I took every meal as a competition, and it was all garbage. No offense, Taco Bell. Um, but the healthy stuff has been. It hasn't been any any challenge it hadn't been any I haven't really had any difficulty um, and I think because I know what I'm taking in now I know that I'm measuring things now and I know that there's an end goal but I also know now that I'm saving so much money like especially at lunchtime because that competitive eating thing that I did at every meal, I literally did it at every meal except for breakfast because I woke up in time to get to work and then, you know, I just ran on coffee until I got to lunchtime and then it was competition number one and mm. and then I ran on coffee until competition number two at dinner. Yeah. Um, and now the protein shakes that we have to do in between meals one of which is out in the truck waiting on me. Uh, and then all these balanced meals. Uh, my fitness pal is, uh, that that is my champion. I actually went ahead and bought the premium version just so I could get into the macros. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hasn't really been that hard. And the first couple of days, you know, even my wife hadn't, she wasn't doing it with me. It was just me. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids were, my daughter was still eating McDonald's and my wife was still doing whatever she wanted to do. And then last night, uh, my 16-year-old son had grilled chicken and broccoli rob with me. Awesome. And then my wife came home and then she had it. And I think, I know that with my family, that's how I'm going to get them on board. It's not going to be sitting, making them sit down at the table and say, no, this is what you're going to eat. You had no more garbage. Now you can only have this healthy stuff. Uh, but they're seeing that difference in me, both physically and then, you know, just physio- you know, physiologically and, and mentally, they're seeing it. So You talking about that makes me think of that original post that you put up on Facebook where you tagged me, like basically the first day of your challenge, right? It was right within the first day. Mm-hmm. And you really just shared a lot on that, you know, and that's kind of how Facebook works, right? You, you know, 
a lot of times people will just share their heart, you know, kind of whatever's on their mind. You were very honest on that post. Well, on that day, I was just immediately before that, I was I was not far from just giving up hope. And, that, and I wrote that kind of, I wrote that as kind of a declaration for me saying, hey, fatty, that's enough. It, you've got to be a better man. You've got to be a better Christian. You need to be a better employee and a better supervisor, uh, a better dad. You, you need to be better to yourself. And that's essentially what I put in that blog. I'm an open book. I don't really hide anything. And, and as, as everybody's probably heard, and then as soon as, you know, hundreds of people read uh, that morning, um, I did it as a declaration saying enough is enough. I, I realize that a massive change needs to happen, and now's the time to do that. You know, how do you feel today, like two weeks in front of that or headed on this journey now? Completely different. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the folks who I have surrounding me here. I'm not a morning person. And now I've got, you know, six to 15 people around me in the morning that are great. And then when if I were to show up here at any point in the day, I have great people around me and it just keeps me... It keeps me energized and jazzed. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, my outlook is completely different in that um, I'm, I don't necessarily just want to go home, sit on the couch and watch TV. I know that I have to do different things now. Um, I, I'm performing differently at work. I'm more involved. Uh, I f- already feel like I'm more involved in what my kids are doing. I, re- I didn't realize how how it had really spiraled, and I was I was even disconnected from my kids' lives. I wasn't even being a great dad that way. I was disconnected, and and this is having to focus. And it and it seems silly, but having to focus on that hard on a couple of things, working out and eating, for me personally, has made me start to focus on a lot of things not maybe not to the point where I'm focusing on eating and working out right now because eating healthy is still new for me Um, and then working out I haven't done it a long time so and half of these movements I've never I've never heard of a of a, what was that this morning? The the front clean or front front rack lunch? The front rack lunch. I had to I had to Google it last night. (laughs) I didn't even know what an AMRAP was. I had to ask everybody. I was like, oh my gosh. So uh, focusing on that is helping me focus on other things. And, and it, I, can see the, I can see the tides have changed because now I'm starting to focus on all, those, on all those other things the way that I had pronounced that I wanted to. So if anybody happens to be listening, uh, you know, you never know who's hearing the podcast. A lot of members listen People who know you will probably listen, but sometimes it'll attract anyone, right? But somebody, somebody in that category could be where you were just, you know, six months ago or a year ago, and they don't have hope, and they really are dying inside, 
and you know what that feels like. You also know kind of how to speak to that person or how to, you know, how they feel. So you're a little more sensitive to what you, but what, if you were able to look somebody in the eye and have that conversation with them for whatever reason, the Lord wanted to use you in this moment, what would you tell that person? Love yourself. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind is because if, if you're not, if you're not loving yourself, you're not doing all those other things that we're supposed to do. And, you know, that, that is the nutrition, that is the working out, that is, guess what, there are people that want you here for a long time. And if you don't love yourself first, or love yourself enough, you know, it's like me as a type 1 diabetic again, um, I, was, I was cutting years off my life, and it wasn't worth it. Uh, my kids want me here. I, my grandkids are going to want me here. My wife wants me. My wife wants me to outlive her. Mm-hmm. Everybody in your life wants you to outlive them. Yeah, and that's so good because I think you're right. Like part of that feeling when you're in that darkness or that place, you don't love yourself. You actually hate yourself. Yeah. And just a very subtle reminder to love yourself because part of loving yourself is taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you're you're fairly new to the gym. You've maybe seen it on the walls. We put it on our t-shirts. And the title of the podcast is called Building Better People. And that really is our core purpose here. So we believe that you working out makes you a better version of yourself. And so our goal is we recognize that we're doing so much more here than push-ups or front rack lunges. That you know people are coming in every single day. And similar to where you were. or And that, you know, we ride that that wave every day, right? Like you could be well into your fitness journey, but have a really trying time in your life, right? Or have something that you're dealing with, a a struggle. And we believe that when you're exercising, when you're taking care of your health, it's not going to fix your problem, but it's definitely going to help you kind of go through that in a completely different way. And so, you know, we, we basically put building better people on everything. And so what, does those three words mean to you or how is that true to you? How has that already shown you in this short time that uh, if it's true? The way everyone is so supportive here, um, er, people smile even in the middle of yes, yesterday morning and then following up yesterday morning with this morning, they were smiling. And they were they were still reaching out to each other and supporting each other, so building better people to me. I'm so I'm also a Freemason, and you know our one of our mottos is uh, making good men better. So for, it's kind of a very similar motto, and I, so for me, making you know building building better people, making good men better, kind of go hand in hand. It's our job. Uh, one of my one of my favorite verses out of the Bible is, uh, "As iron sharpens iron." And here, uh, at this gym, uh, with with this family, I can definitely feel that. Everybody is here to support each other. They're here to push each other, but they're here to support each other. They're here to be there for each other. Um, yeah. 
every you know you've done that with me several times already Gus has done it Scott has been exceptionally patient and I see how he works with all of the athletes in the morning it wasn't just me this morning he worked with several people and just the way they do the way everybody responds and works with each other they they nail that Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.